0: i Spaces Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, June 16th, 2022. Today on the Ether, NFTs on Juno and Loop's DeFi NFT marketplace. Let's take a listen.
1: If you're in here early, I highly recommend you just hit that like and retweet button on the tweet I just pinned. It should help us get more folks in here. It should be an excellent conversation. I see Traders has joined us. I'm going to snag Kevin and jake as well make sure they're able to uh, hop in here and uh, we'll start doing intros in a second here and it sounds like kevin actually might be a couple minutes late so we'll probably start intros without him um i'll kick off uh jay i think you're here and tom's still running uh still on his way correct
2: i'm here i see him
1: oh tom you made it in awesome what, hey guys uh, yeah sorry i i got it Got here early no, I, we're happy to have you. Um, so I'll, I'll just kick off here. Really excited for this space. Um, we've got some folks from the Juno community joining us. We've got um, some new folks who are announcing collections that they're going to be launching uh, on Juno uh, soon. And I'm really excited to hear from Tom and Jay about uh, Loop's, uh DeFi NFT marketplace and the opportunity to use reward tokens uh, coming off of your NFTs. Really exciting opportunities to use your JPEGs to earn tokens and do a ton of really cool things with DAO Governance. I'll mostly just be helping um, bring speakers up and move folks around. Uh, I'm Connor. I help co-host some of these spaces and help organize this. Stoked to have you all here. And uh,
2: Tom, you want to intro yourself next? Um, Yeah, of course. Uh, So Tom uh, Norwood, uh, co-founder of Loop. Um, I guess... Yeah, what else? Um, <laughs> sorry, i just jumped off three other meetings and I'm in a funny headspace. Um, yeah, so really excited to be launching on Juno. Uh, we were going to launch our NFT marketplace on Terra, obviously, which is where we were before, but now we're, we've found a much newer and happier home. Um, so we're super excited to be launching something on Juno, uh, and it's a good time for our NFT marketplace as well. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different with NFTs. So instead of, um, I mean, we will be doing sort of standard, um, you know, PFP, JPEG type NFTs as well. Uh, but something that we're looking forward to bring to the NFT space is uh, these reward NFTs. So essentially NFTs which have tokens attached to them. Uh, the NFTs can be states, the tokens are vested uh, and can be, you know, collected or harvested over a period of time. Um, and there's just so many use cases uh, for these types of um, NFTs and kind of, you know, every day almost we, or every week we we chat to a new project who's interested in doing some kind of something with both NFTs and tokens. And we realize like how many potential use cases and how many new use cases there are uh, for this kind of model. Um, so it's obviously perfect for say, you know, like a DAO who wants to release an NFT collection but wants to have tokens as well um, they can sort of sell their NFTs, and then the the users can um, collect the tokens, you know, over time. Um, it's great for protocols who want to own their own liquidity, um, so they can sell NFTs um, or or allow people to mint NFTs using their LP tokens. So that way, the the protocol ends up owning those LP tokens, and they they reward the the NFT holders with their own tokens over time. Um, even for you know early sort of um, you know. Uh, projects are looking to raise funds um, from, uh, you know, um, from an early stage for either development or for liquidity or for marketing for whatever they want to raise funds for. Um, they can use these NFTs for that. Um, so, yeah, there's just like a whole range of different use cases um, for kind of uh, re- and reward NFTs, NFTs which have token token rewards. So super excited. We think Juno is a great place to kind of launch this kind of experimental kind of um, platform and yeah really looking forward to, to seeing what we can do with it
1: fantastic and i see kevin has joined us too i uh, gonna get him up here as a speaker uh, kevin you want to enter yourself next
3: yes absolutely and uh, apologies for being late we were just uh, wrapping up a, a very cool interesting call um and uh yeah so i, I Come from uh, the Juno network. Uh, I run a validator called Oni Validator uh, with my partner Richard, um, and we were the proposers of the Terra Developer Fund on Juno. Um, we helped head up the multi-sig that kind of has been providing funding for various projects coming to Juno, uh, of which Loop is one of them. Um, so yeah, we're we're sort of on the Juno side of of life. Very excited about. Uh, all of the NFT projects and and DeFi uh, protocols that are coming over to Juno. And uh, Loop is one of those partners that we're very, very stoked about. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm the Juno uh, rep of the day. Awesome. And I think Jake might be joining us as well, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be pinging him as well. And and Jake is one of the core one members of Juno, and uh, he's pretty awesome. He's also co-founder of Stargaze. Uh, which is an NFT chain. So uh, we'll do we'll, well. Awesome. I was super
1: excited for this conversation. Uh, I'm going to intro a couple more speakers here in a second. Um, I do want to note another tweet that I have pinned in here uh, is the application form. If you want to create a reward NFT uh, on the Loop Marketplace when it launches, you should check that out. Uh, we'll share a lot more info about that. But just know we'll have that pinned to the tweets here along with a tweet that we suggest you like and retweet to just promote spaces or feel free to share your own um, jay you want to enter yourself next
4: yes hello everyone um, i am head of nft marketplace the product manager over there i'm essentially the person you will talk to if you're looking to launch or you want to find out more um, that's all <laughs> here for the discussion
1: Amazing. Looking forward to hearing more from you. And then I see we have traders up here as well. Uh, Traders, you want to give a brief intro?
5: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Hope everybody's having a great day. Uh, This is Pepe Silvia, the founder of Traders uh, NFT Collection. Uh, We were a collection that was set to launch on Terra and are exploring Juno. very excited about Juno and uh, have had some great conversations with Luke with Tom, with Jay, and uh, also with Kevin. Um, so to get our kind of, you know, bearings set on the Juno uh, ecosystem, which they've been a great resource and I appreciate all of their patience and uh, help with educating me on all of that. Um, our collection is a, is an original pixel art collection kind of uh, meant to represent the Web3 adopters um, just kind of sitting in, in their bedroom in their mom's basement you know wherever a lot of us probably in our mom's basement after the recent market action um yeah just kind of meant to or inspired by those those individuals so it's, a, it's an individual sitting in front of a computer uh it's a really fun art collection we've had a really really great time creating it but we're also going to propose some awesome utility for it uh one of the the fun forward-facing features is going to be a Twitter banner generator, which allows you to kind of showcase all the other NFTs in your, uh, uh, NFT or in your wallet. Uh, and then we're going to have a game associated with it. It's uh, I think you may have muted yourself there. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I guess somehow it, it got muted. I'm not sure where I cut off at there. So um, uh, You were talking about the Twitter banner and then going on from there. Oh, okay, cool so not not far along but yeah so then we also have a game associated with it it's a passive game um it's essentially just a a passive trading game you make a price prediction about the price of a primitive asset uh hoping to expand that to some other different kinds of games we'll also have a um pancake swap very fast and rapid up down um Price action game, which is is essentially like a fifty fifty sort of coin flip in in a sort. So kind of some bringing some vegan gaming to uh, Juno. That's super exciting. I can't wait to kind of dig more
1: into that and looking forward to the launch. Uh, and then we also have uh, Nina, who is uh, helping host this and is on the loop finance account. Nina, do you want to unmute and say hi really quick?
6: Hi, yeah, for sure. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all. I'm real excited about this space. Um, and yeah I'm I'm from the Loop Finance account but my other account is there so let's see how it goes
1: amazing uh, I, what I was hoping to do to kick off is is Kevin I know some folks here like most folks are familiar with Juno but do you want to just give a quick overview of what Juno is and what makes Juno special and particularly maybe talk about DAO governance I think that'll lead us well into the NFT discussion around uh, reward
3: NFTs and DAOs Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Juno is a Cosmos blockchain. Um, There there are many IBC blockchains. So uh, inter blockchain connectivity. Whole purpose of that, obviously, being having blockchains which can talk to one another. Um, Sort of the the unique aspect of Juno is that it's a smart contract platform, and it is a permissionless smart contract platform that is really a community driven initiative. So the the whole purpose of of creating Juno was really to create a place where protocols could launch in a permissionless smart contract platform using Cosmwasm, Wasm, uh, which is a development language that allows you to build smart contracts uh, and kind of serve to eliminate a lot of layer one bottlenecks uh, using Cosmos technology for protocols that take advantage of smart contracts. Um, it's pretty unique in that it was uh, very much from the very Genesis, a community owned and and operated initiative. So um, the original airdrop for Juno was provided on a one-to-one basis for people who were staking Atom. So people who were staking Atom received a Juno for each Atom they were staking, uh, which was about 47% of the Genesis supply. Uh, 50% of the remaining supply was put into a community pool, which would be uh, utilized through governance uh, by the community, which is how the Terra Developer Fund was created, for example. Uh, there was also uh, the other part of that was uh, earmarked for developer initiatives, right? Um, so developer fund and about 2.7 something percent was allocated towards the uh, team that created Juno, uh, which is quite small, and that's vested over 12 years. Um, so. It is largely run, entirely run by the community through governance. And, and one of those tools is uh, DAO, which is being developed quite rapidly and, and has seen great use. Um, and that is a very, very simple platform that anyone can use to create their own DAO. And uh, very soon it will have sub-DAOs where there are, you know, sort of like a hierarchy of DAOs where there are DAOs beneath the DAOs all the way down. Uh, which can sort of work at the behest of a over uh, a DAO that's over them. Um, and it's a simply an organization tool. So in a decentralized space, one of the largest issues that you can run into is a disorganization of individuals working on um, problems that they may not know others are working on. So DAODAO seeks to uh, simplify that process by providing a decentralized structure where an organization can build out. And to utilize governance in very unique ways, so DAO can implement certain governance tools to run their organization very elegantly. Um, things that might not necessarily be possible on chain, like the the voting options that go on chain in, in Cosmos, are sometimes limited in their options bandwidth. So, you know, bringing things like unique forms of voting um, and involving your community in the the future of your DAO are all things which DAO seeks to solve as a problem. And that's uh, one of the governance kind of experiments and projects that is being run on Juno. Um, and a lot of protocols are taking advantage of that.
1: And speaking of governance and and unique tools for that, one of the really interesting things that Loop is looking to bring to the table as they transition from uh, Terra 1 to Juno, uh, thanks in part, I want to note that amazing uh, Terra governance proposal, uh, enabling the developer fund to, to bring um, Terra dev teams who who needed support on board. I think that's super exciting and it's great to see a thing happening here. Um, but the, the thing that's happening with Loop coming on board is there is this new tool that is being created, uh, Reward NFT, designed to help DAO governance and provide utility for members of a DAO who potentially would hold these NFTs. That's one use case, there's others as well. Um Jay or Tom, do, do you want to maybe speak to how you see that interacting with uh, the DAO structures in Juno and why this is such a, a,
2: a positive partnership to move forward with? Um, yeah, I can I can talk a little bit about that for sure. Um, obviously, you know, DAOs um, are a kind of, I mean, ma- often the main purpose of a DAO is to, to kind of bring people around a, a, a community or a particular kind of, you know, interest or a particular purpose. Um, and I guess, you know, the main purpose of NFTs is, is often very similar. It's to kind of create a sense of com- community, create a sense of, okay, you know, this is kind of like a membership, um, you know, a membership badge or a membership card to this particular community or we have this particular um, sort of interest. And to then, obviously, you know, previously governance um, for DAOs has been mainly managed um you know, in different ways. But we, we really see that having an NFT is is a possible way that governance can be managed and that certain NFTs can end up having more power than other NFTs. You know, we're looking at, I guess, ways that we can kind of, um, you know, not just create a an NFT which is in a fixed state, but which has the ability um, to kind of, you know, be improved upon or an NFT that, you know, can have additional utility or additional features added to it. Or, in a, you know, in the case of a DAO, potentially an NFT which has, say, more voting power than than other NFTs and that that voting power can be updated, you know, as that user sort of gains like a higher position or, you know, a more prominent role in, in the DAO. Um, so, I mean, that's one way that we're looking at doing it, um, using kind of, you know, bringing together DAOs with NFTs. But then obviously, you know, lots of DAOs, they also want to have a token. So, um, you know, a, a great way for a DAO to to raise initial funds for a particular project that they're working on um, would be to release an NFT collection. You know, but specifically for that particular purpose. Um, and then have tokens attached to those NFTs, which can you know, invest it over, say, like a six-month or a 12-month period or something like that. Um, so instead of doing a traditional IDO, this is like a great way um, for a DAO to release both an NFT collection and and a token at the same time. And then that doesn't mean that that has to be the only time they do that. I mean, in the future, if they have you know other needs, say... You know, so they build out a product and they use the first round of funding to actually build the product. Maybe they can release another NFT collection which is a marketing, you know, a marketing NFT collection. Um, and that, you know, those funds are used for marketing, or one for liquidity. We have an option where protocols can own their own liquidity, like I said, um, by allowing people to mint NFTs with LP tokens, those LP tokens then get transferred to the protocol and owned by the protocol. And the, you know, the protocol rewards the NFT holders with uh, with their own token over time, um, so I think yeah, there's, I feel like there's like a whole range of sort of potentially exciting use cases for um, for DAOs who want to do this, or if it's a gaming DAO and you know an NFT is sort of part of the game, and you know you know most sort of uh, blockchain games these days do have an NFT collection um, as as part of it, and I see a rel here, and um, I know these guys have you know released. Um, one of the the most successful NFT collections on on Juno for that purpose um, is is a gaming NFT collection. So we're hoping to work with like lots of other sort of gaming DAOs, I guess, who are looking to launch an NFT collection, but then they also want uh, a token as part of that game as well. Um, So, yeah, look, there are all sorts of use cases. I mean, another interesting one, actually, we've um, been chatting a lot to the guys that are running Decentralized. So that's, I don't know, for those who don't know, um, and I know the Passage 3D team are also working with these guys. Uh, they're looking at um, running music festivals, so tokenized music festivals. But, of course, they want to have NFTs as an integral, really part, cool. of, uh, an integral part of that as well. So the NFTs will allow you to buy a ticket um, to the music festival and then you'll they'll have um, tokens as well, and the tokens will be like the primary um, currency at the music festival. So you'll have to own those tokens uh, in order to actually buy anything at the, at the music festival itself, and then of course you know artists like the artists who play at the festival uh, can do NFT drops to to the um, you know the attendees. Uh, there's just like a whole range, like there's a whole world of kind of you know exciting possibilities um, with that. Um, so, yeah, that's something we're super excited to be working on and excited to be working with the Decentralize and, and the Passage 3D guys as well. Um, they're going to be creating like a metaverse where you can actually attend the, this festival in the metaverse um, using their awesome um, uh, metaverse uh, technology. So, yeah, there's there's just so many options, I guess, for how NFTs uh, can be kind of used by, by DAOs, but I mean by you know a lot of different projects, but in particular DAOs. I love this
1: because it's really exciting to hear these different ideas, like the music festival ideas, one I hadn't really thought of. Uh, it feels like we're just starting to scratch the surface of what NFTs can do. We've kind of seen this first wave of, of, hey, we're collecting art, and now we're moving into the utility phase where all these opportunities are being layered on top. And particularly, uh, it sounds like you've had several different DAOs on Juno Hub been interested, Correct.
2: Um, Jay can probably answer that question better than I can. She's the one. Jay, you've been talking to different projects, I think, who are potentially interested in looking. I know Tradors is one. Obviously, we've got these guys up here. But um, are there any others who you've been speaking to directly?
4: Yeah, I've talked to a few. Um, I won't call them out anywhere. I briefly talked to Aqua a little bit, um, but uh, we've got a couple that we're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but with, with Dow's, if it's okay, if I add. In particular, um, with DAOs, I think if you are a DAO and you're listening to this right now, um, there's two things that you're probably you would probably be interested in. One that is um, having a way to give token gated experiences to people in your DAOs, and you could do that through a standard NFT. Um, but with the concept of reward NFTs, if you had that, you would be able to further reward your um, members with some sort of uh tokens that either you provide or maybe it's um as part of the DAO get distributed back to them as rewards. So there's I wanted to make sure that anybody who's a DAO wanted to reach out to me for either of those concepts, let me know.
1: Kevin, you got your hand up. Just go ahead, <laughs> jump in, man.
3: Yeah, I I so I'm I'm quite uh uniquely interested in this. I, I, I had the great pleasure of, of seeing what the passage 3d guys have been building out. And, um, I actually come from a, a film background, uh, shooting movies and, and working in the film industry, um, which is my other life. Um, so I, I was really excited to see how they've, uh, created this, this platform for people to build worlds, worlds upon, but to have very unique applications for blockchain and DAOs. And, um, you know, one of the things that I see as a potential future for NFTs is, you know, even the utilization of, of like you're saying, Tom and, and Jay, these, these token-gated, uh, you know, virtual experiences. So there's festivals, which I think is very a very exciting application for this. But I also see virtual events that have, you know, th- th- you need to have human connection. And in a virtual space, uh, Passage has done an incredible job of this, where you know, they have certain features where you can, um, you know, and Errol, I hope I'm not saying anything I shouldn't be saying here. But, you know, there there's certain uh, things that they have created in their space that allow people to have a real world experience, things like, you know, surround sound uh, experiences, so that you have an awareness of the people who are around you. And you can have a real social experience by kind of huddling up and communicating with certain people. So, you know, one of the things that, and this is not an official announcement. This is an idea that I, I'd had uh, in Austin. But, you know, it'd be really cool for things like hackathons, for example, where there is really an international community and people in uh, places that may not have access to, let's say you're having a hackathon in San Francisco. That's really great. Unless you're a super talented developer in Indonesia or Brazil or Colombia, that There's no way in the world that you can afford to fly out for two days to go pitch your idea and and participate in a hackathon in person. But what you might be able to do is create a, a, a room, you know, a token gated experience where your NFT allows you access to a hackathon space for two weeks where everybody can meet up and have sort of a real experience communicating with others and going through ideas and developing projects in a space. And the prizes can have their own NFTs, which have token rewards attached to them, right? So you can be competing for hackathon prizes, which are NFTs, which are distributed based upon the merits of your work. And the entire process is done on chain, but with a virtual experience that closely emulates the real world experience that you would have otherwise. To me, that is a democratization of events that is really, really unique to this space. And it's something that, I think we're going to see a lot more development on. Um, and in fact, I see that we have Jake in the room now, uh, multi-chain maximalist. But I, I'm very excited about the virtualization of projects which have rewards that can be provided as NFTs and which can be token gated as NFTs and, and ultimately create human interaction in this like in-between world of the digital space and, and the real world. Um, so I think that's going to be a really cool application going forward. I yeah. love the idea. Oh,
2: sorry,
7: oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom.
2: Oh, I was just going to say um, another kind of you know obvious use case, um, and actually, thanks to um, Pepe for this one um, from from Traders. Uh, it was something that he kind of proposed a, a couple of weeks ago. Was that um, when a because we also have a launchpad platform, actually, like a, a more traditional kind of token launchpad um, that we're going to be launching on on Juno and but well, essentially on all of Cosmos. Um, but a suggestion that he he made was that when you participate um, in an IDO on the launchpad, that instead of just having a regular kind of token vesting uh, position, you actually get an NFT which represents your allocation um, in that in that IDO. And so that, that NFT, you can then obviously stake it, you can collect the tokens from it. Um, but also the cool thing about it being an NFT is that you can sell it as well. So it becomes a, a tradable position. Um, and I think this is kind of you know, going to be one of the really interesting kind of use cases um, for these is that you have these NFTs, which do have tokens attached to them, uh, but it's it's something that it's a position that you're able to, to to trade. And so I guess we're going to see it's kind of like another layer on top of the spot market for tokens. Where you no longer just have, it's almost like a derivative type product. Um, you no longer just have the spot market. You also have these NFTs, which have the, these tokens attached to them. Um, so, I mean, that, that has a whole range of different cool use cases. I mean, obviously, someone could, you know, if someone works for a DAO, say, and does a job um, for the DAO and then gets paid um, with an NFT, uh, which then has that DAO's tokens attached to it, um, then they don't have to necessarily wait uh, for those tokens to vest um they can actually just trade that nft at any you know at any time um, so I think, yeah, this kind of intersection between, you know, DeFi and NFTs and DAOs is going to be, yeah, it's going to be something which is going to have, like I was saying in the beginning, I mean, so many use cases, literally every week we can like come up with a new use case or someone suggests one and we're like, oh, that's a cool use case. Um, well, let's do that. So, yeah, really interesting to kind of see uh, how, how, how this kind of evolves over time and, and what cool use cases people come up with for it.
1: And I did see Jake. You joined us here. Great to have you up here. Uh, do you want to give a quick intro of yourself, and maybe jump in on anything you you heard that you want to talk about, or uh, just talk about the, um, your experience with NFTs on Juno? Uh,
8: yeah. So I'm Jake. Uh, I'm part of Core One. So I helped start Juno. Uh, that was that was exciting. It's been a good ride. Um, and we've got so much exciting things in store, and I'm really glad that you guys are uh, launching on Juno. It's going to be really, really exciting. Um, I kind of just joined, so I'm going like, to listen for a while, but happy to chime in. Uh, I also work on Dadao and Stargaze, So, um, yeah, that, that's me. That's my intro. But really happy to have you guys here. And, uh, yeah.
2: I've I've got a
8: question actually for you
2: for you Jake. Um, like, I've, um, how do you kind of see the relation, not the relationship, but the interaction, I guess, between Stargaze and NFT marketplaces like Loop on Juno? I mean, do you see kind of you know obviously with IBC now it's going to be a lot easier to send um, NFTs across? But I mean, how do you see that relationship kind of evolving? And and look, not just between Stargaze and Loop, but between you know Stargaze. And NFT marketplaces on any of the other Cosmos chains, and and I guess also what do you see I mean, the I, role of role of Stargaze in that kind of ecosystem is?
8: I mean, Stargaze is taking a lot of leadership in 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 this in this regard. Uh, we're working on ICS seven two one, which is the uh, IBC spec for uh, cross chain NFTs, and so you know uh, once once that's done, we'll be able to you know connect up all the NFTs like we're like seamlessly transferring tokens over IBC and then that's great um you know my hope for stargaze is that you know it becomes like you know sort of a nice little hub for like NFT trading uh there's certainly going to be like a lot of competition but you know I-, I think actually having more marketplaces is good in the same way that like having more more dexes is good and people find different ways to specialize and offer different features but as long as we can like you know uh move our N- nfts across and don't lock them on one chain i think that that means cosmos can be a really really exciting ecosystem for nfts and i i think in it in like six months to a year i think we're all going to be surprised at like what it looks like and how big it might be um it's like that that kind of like you know everyone knows how easy it is to send a token over ibc it takes like 10 seconds and to have that same sort of like interaction with like nfts will open up some i think really exciting possibilities um and so yeah i think you know Stargaze's role is to kind of like help lead that by like working on ics 721 and you know obviously there's there's already an existing marketplace there and lots of artists um but you know i think you know stargaze is not meant to be like the only nft marketplace on the cosmos that would not actually be great i think it's better to have like tons of marketplaces and, and launch pads and and things offering like different features. And uh, I love how you guys are experimenting with like the whole DeFi angle of NFTs. And uh, yeah, does, does, does that answer your question, Tom? Or, or Do you want me to dive deeper into something?
2: No, no, 100%. Yeah, I think that answers it really well. I mean, and I guess I see, like, I guess how I see kind of NFT platforms evolving over time is that Actually, each each niche or each kind of community will have their own NFT platform, essentially. So, you know, if I love cooking, I might create like an NFT marketplace for like cooking NFTs, right? Or if I love like electronic music, as we were talking about before, like, you know, there's just like an NFT marketplace specifically kind of dedicated to you know, NFT drops from electronic music artists. Like, you know, there's no reason, like, it would be, doesn't make any sense just to have one kind of, you know, NFT marketplace, which does does everything. And I think it makes a lot more sense to have kind of niche-specific or kind of category or topic-specific NFT marketplaces and to have, you know, almost an unlimited, as many categories as there are, you know, in your, in your library, uh, to have that, that many NFT marketplaces and kind of dedicated to each of those communities. Because at the end of the day, they, they all attract a very different type of person, right? Like the people who love cooking aren't necessarily the ones who love electronic music. So they don't necessarily want to have, be sharing kind of the same space. They want to have a space which is like quite de- de- devoted to their particular
8: interests. Yeah, I mean, we already see this on Ethereum all the time where we have like a bunch of different places and they each have their own kind of angles. So you have places like Super Rare and Foundation where they have like this really highly curate- curated, high art, very expensive kind of like one-off pieces. And then you have things like OpenSea, which are kind of like for like, I guess, the masses or just like you can trade any NFT uh, we have things like ours. They have things like Zora, which is is a really great protocol. So there's there's a ton of diversity, and what's I think really cool, which I think we're gonna see with interchain NFTs, is like kind of some of the experimentation that happens. So in ETH, we saw like uh, you know fractional NFTs, which were really cool. Like people fractionalizing NFTs, uh, basically just like yeah, turning them into CW twenties, so you could own like a a fraction of like a of a crypto punk or, or whatever um i think we're going to see like as we do more cross-chain nfts it's going to be like the same level of composability where people will be build like innovative like DeFi products or whatever on top of these these nfts so i'm excited for the future of nfts in cosmos in general um it's going to be really exciting and especially you know i think that the nft marketplaces on Juno and, and Stargaze are going to be like the first connected over interchain accounts. And, uh, I'm really hoping that the first cross chain NFT transfer will be between Juno and Stargaze, but obviously I'm a little, I'm a little biased there, but I think it will be really cool. Oh, and <laughs> well, in how, terms of NFTs how, on Juno, I would like to share one little story about the first NFT that was ever minted on Juno. Um, when Juno launched, uh, like we had like $10,000 in, um, a Juno osmosis pool. um And we were told, we told people like not to trade it. And it was like hidden in the UI, but some, some deep, some brave degen went and found it. And they like basically like aped in like 10,000 atom for like a couple Juno. And like Juno had an all time high price of $600, um, which then immediately crashed. But you know, it anyway, some, uh, my friend, uh, The Fray, made a commemorative NFT of Juno all-time uh, high price. And that is, it's is—it's—it's hilarious. I need to go find the link for it. But that was the first NFT ever minted on Juno, is commemorating the Juno all-time high price of $600. Jake, if you're able to find that and wanted to pin it in the tweets here, I would love to take a look and, and kind of have the audience see that. That's amazing. All right. Well, I have to go back. I have to go back in, like, search history, but i am I'm sure I can find it. Let me go look. Thank you. That, that's uh,
2: hilarious. Yeah, look, we'd love to kind of um, hopefully be part of that first IBC transfer between um, Stargaze and and Juno. But just to speak for a moment on the, the possibilities for DeFi NFTs, I mean, I think this is where we're really excited because... You know, DeFi is something which is not, or is probably never going to appeal to, um, you know, the masses. I mean, in its current form, right? Like, I mean, everyone wants to make money from their money. Like, you know, everyone wants to make a yield. That's that's a no-brainer. But sort of to to use currently to use DeFi to do that is is not that easy. Um, And yet, there are some quite sort of amazing yields that are available through through DeFi. So. I guess, you know, an NFT, we feel like is something which, you know, anyone can understand. You just, it's kind of just like buying any other product, right? Um, And you just pay a single price for it. It has, you know, and then it doesn't really matter what's going on in in the background uh, behind that. But I guess what we see is the possibility to just purchase uh, purchase a particular NFT. And then it is connected to, you know, potentially a range of like yield generating DeFi protocols in the background. And just by holding that NFT, you're, you're kind of getting access to, to that yield. And that way, um, you know, it's, it's something, it becomes like a much simpler product that, that anyone can, can participate in. So I guess like we see possibly the future of, um, you know, a, a great way to onboard the masses uh, into, into DeFi is just through these really nice, uh, you know, cool NFTs, which can then be traded out as well. Um, you know, at any time. So yeah, looking forward to like experimenting and seeing what we can do with that.
1: So Tom, just to make sure I'm kind of understanding your uh, your scenario here, the idea would be I sorry I was right back right now, I was here, but uh, I would say pay five hundred US dollars for let's say fifty tokens of uh we'll call it like the MUBA app. And you know, LoopX, uh, these these LoopX tokens would come in the form of like an NFT and they would be uh, like a staked token derivative that would earn um, income for me. And so I would get like uh, basically a deposit in my account every, I don't know, week or whatever the, the setup is, or I would airdrop, claim it um, every uh, way I wanted to. And and there'd be like the stake derivative using the NFT as, a, as the kind of like mode of exchange and making it easier for someone to buy into the
2: system who maybe isn't going to buy through a a DEX. Is is that the right way to think about it? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think to start with, um, we're just going to offer, I mean, a much sort of simpler version of that, which is reward NFTs. So it's essentially you buy an NFT, it has a fixed amount of tokens attached to it, you know, let's say 100 loop tokens, and they're vested over a three-month period, and that's it. Um, I think obviously, you know, current regulations and securities laws probably prevent us from offering an NFT, which is going to have a, an ongoing source of yield, right, which is going to sort of essentially make yields in perpetuity. Um, and also at the moment, we kind of have limited, like, uh, we haven't actually built out that in terms on, you know, on a technical level. But I guess, you know, moving forward, I guess hopefully that's what, what we'll see that will evolve both, you know, from a regu- regulatory compliance standpoint, as well as from a technical standpoint that, yeah, if you want to be involved in, you know, farming a particular token, right, you don't want to have to go and add to the liquidity pools and then get your LP tokens and then go and stake those LP tokens in a farm. And then, you know, that's, that's just like too complicated <laughs> for the average user. But if I could just go and like click and mint an NFT and go, okay, yeah, I actually want, you know, I want to be exposed to say these five farms, right? Or I could choose the top five farms. I don't even have to think about it. it would be like, okay, these are the top five farms. And then literally with one click, I just mint an NFT, which sort of does everything for me in the background, you know, and then I just have this NFT, I stake the NFT and I collect the yield on that over time. And that's it. And so that's like a much sort of simpler process, I guess. Um, and then, of course, the user can also you know, trade out of that position as well at any time. Um, so it, it kind of simplifies the UI, I guess, from a user perspective. And then the user can have a bunch of these NFTs, right, that they've staked and they can see the kind of the, the yield on each one. And it, it like just makes it like a very, I feel like it makes it a nicer user experience than, than obviously having to go and do all of that kind of process manually.
1: Honestly, this is really making me wanna, you know, figure out an idea for a DAO because now I, I just wanna try these things out. This sounds uh, it's so interesting. Um, I see we have someone who's requesting to speak with and as a question. I'm gonna bring them up and see if they what they had to ask. Uh, and then Jay, I would also love if, um, you know, after we get this question from the audience, you ha- could share some details with us about, you know, when you think the marketplace will launch, uh, what DAOs or individuals who are interested in launching a collection or, or, you know, trying out reward NFTs should do as next steps, and uh, anything else. But uh, you know, maybe I'm going to go with Fagoge. Figo- but I don't know if I'm you pronouncing your name right. Did you have a question?
7: Uh, no, not actually. I just wanted to comment on installs. Uh, I'm actually uh, a community manager in the Fan Fury ecosystem. I don't know. We haven't really been talking about Fan Fury. Uh, we also moved to Juno. I don't know, there haven't been a lot of talks about it, maybe because the team are still building. I also used to to write contents on Loop. So I'm really excited about the fact that they are launching on Juno as well. So uh, we all have been talking about NFT. So I just wanted to ship in some certain things because we, before what happened on Terra happened, we are supposed to build uh, some NFT platforms as well on on the Fury ecosystem, because I don't know how many of you guys are actually sports fans, but uh, before I came into crypto, even right, right now, currently, I'm, I'm a very, very uh, interested person. I'm a very, very, uh, you know, uh, someone that is very, very interested in sports. Uh, I love football. I've been engaging in it for quite a lot of time. And when I saw Fan Fury, it really appealed to me you know, a combination of crypto and sports. It was the perfect thing for me. So uh, I started putting up contents on Loop about it before I got, uh, you know, got involved with the team. So uh, I, I was just listening to uh, uh, the, the things everybody have been saying about DeFi NFTs, and I'm actually looking at what FanFury had to offer with regards to NFTs. And we are looking at this, this sort of uh, dynamic NFTs as well as fractionalized NFTs when it comes to democratization. So when, when we talk about the dynamic NFTs of some sort, we are looking at the, the aspect whereby, uh, you know, you have this, this football players, not necessarily footballers, we are also looking at some other sports like cricket, like American football. So we have these guys, just like the fantasy sports industry, where it's all about you know, assigning unique point systems to, to these players every week or every day that they play football, whatever sports that are involved in. So we have these dynamic NFTs where these, uh, these players, they gain some sort of points based on their performance every day or every week that they participate in any kind of sports. And then we have a reward system. And these rewards are usually uh, non-inflationary because uh, uh, they, they come from, uh, from what we call rake fees for people that are, are used to the fantasy sports platforms. They are non-inflationary, they come from rake fees, the fees that people actually pay to join the contest pools. So when we have this particular set of rewards allocated to this uh, set of NFTs, it, it kind of appeals to outsiders, even people that are not used to, to crypto or DeFi in general. So they have these players, players that they actually love. Let's say you're supporting a club like Liverpool, and then you have top performers like, like Salah, like, uh, you know, like Firmino and the rest of them. And these guys, they perform and, very well.
1: Sorry to jump in, I'm just kind of curious. So, so it sounds like what you're saying, you're, you wanna start using NFTs as a way to like, track and like, hold these players as part of the fantasy.
7: Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't actually know. I can't really confirm uh, if we're going to go ahead with that on Juno because that was one of the plans. We were supposed to launch that on, on the Terra ecosystem before what happened happened. But just like the way you have fantasy sports, you know, where you select your players and these players, they are giving unique points yeah. based on performances. Okay? So we're also going to have individual so just, NFTs where these players, they improve so you- based on performances.
1: For, so, I would encourage you to talk to Jay uh, after this call. I think there might be an opportunity for a partnership launched with what Luke's doing because um, it sounds like there's definitely some alignment around tracking points uh, and the reward aspect that, that Luke's looking at and, and the, the fantasy use case here because I know gaming is one of the things that Tom and Jay have both been talking about and, and how they're trying to bring it to, to
7: you know, so I think there's a, a huge uh, partnership uh, opportunity no, there. Of course, uh, I actually chat with Jay on, on Telegram.
4: Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Fagoge. Yeah, me. Me and Fagoge. We go. We go way back to Loop Community articles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fan, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Sorry to jump the gun on that. I just got excited.
4: Yeah. Um, Fagoge, definitely. Let Let's chat a little bit. Um, it, it It does definitely roll into what we've been talking about for gaming NFTs. And I was just thinking about that because we meant we started off mentioning DAOs when we first got on the call. Are the space. And now we're kind of moving into what protocols and maybe even gaming um, protocols can do. And I was thinking about this just recently. A lot of even metaverse type projects, when they start, they do land sales. Um, and almost every metaverse project seems to also have tokens associated with it. And they're always looking to sell some of their tokens ahead of time or some of their NFTs ahead of time, hence the land sale. Um, This could actually be reward NFTs is actually a pretty interesting format for them. If you were to say you're a metaverse and you want to you're 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 right before um, uh, TGE and you want to do a land sale and you want also to give the ability for these land sale NFTs to be staked for your tokens down the line post TGE. So what you could do is get with us for a reward NFT, you do your land sale, and then within 90 days or after your TGE, you can slowly start to reward your metaverse investors with some of these tokens for your metaverse ahead of time, or when your metaverse is actually launched, right? And so they're getting a slow stream of encouragement to go and play in your metaverse. So that, that's something that we could look at as well. Um,
1: Well, I'm particularly thinking too, about just like a basic fantasy league. Let's say I have 10 friends. We're all betting a hundred dollars on the league. I bet there's a way you can set it up where, you know, we basically fund, uh, in in advance, we, you know, we contribute our, our money to this pool. Um, we buy NFTs of the players based off of like fractional shares, uh, allocated to us based off our, our bets. And then over the course of the season, those players, gain or uh, gain tokens throughout the season based off of the scoring set up through whatever the Oracle index would be. So, and then you would cash out at the end of the season. Uh, so, you know, one person may end up with an NFT for their team worth, sorry for the background noise, uh, worth like quite a bit more and others would have less and it would kind of like solve that distribution problem you see for some leagues. Oh,
4: that sounds the, the right exciting. up the alley for Van Fury, definitely.
7: Yeah, the, ahead, the exciting ahead. thing about Fan Fury is that it's actually a daily fantasy sports. You don't necessarily need to wait for the end of the season to, to catch up, you know. Uh, everything we're doing is, is 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 daily. You know, uh the, the football, mm. uh, the NFL, the cricket, they're all they're all daily fantasy team. You can just come. A particular team is playing on the weekend, you select uh, your your fantasy team between the two clubs that are participating for that weekend. And then you can take advantage of the opportunity to uh, just join each of the contest pools and, you know, and try to make something for yourself based on your ability, based on your passion for the game and your understanding of your technical and tactical skills, your knowledge about the players and all that. So uh, we, in addition to the, di- uh, to the dynamic NFTs, we are also looking at the, well, I say the fractionalized NFTs uh, because before, before we got, we, are also, we are also looking at gamified staking process. Uh, where we name these taking pools after, after clubs. Uh, we call clubs so that we'll be able to we'll give it a familiar name to the outside environment. Because one of the big and exciting things about Farm Fury is that it appealed most to outsiders, more than crypto enthusiasts. And that is why I think it's is going to be one of the very, very interesting projects on crypto, because we're just leveraging on the, the decentralized ethos of, of, of the blockchain technology, and we're just trying to bring to the masses what they are used to. So this is not your typical play to end. This is like play and end. These guys, they are already used to fantasy sports. They they know how it works. They they will have the likes of FanDuel, DraftKings, Dream 11, all those other big fantasy sports industry out there, but we are trying to do better. We are trying to do better. We are trying to, you know, decentralize the whole stuff. We are trying to give them um, uh, a better payout. We are trying to give them uh, uh, the smallest rate fees compared to the industry. So uh, when we have something like a gamified staking, where we name these staking pools after fan clubs, uh, we are trying to, you know, invite the outsiders. You know, they don't know what staking pools are. They're not involved in DeFi. But when they hear fan clubs, it appeals to them. You know, I, I can belong to a team. I, I love Barcelona. I'm a fan of Barcelona. And let's say I'm not involved in crypto and I hear, uh, okay, come to Barcelona fan club and support the club. You know, it appeals to me, even though I don't know what is happening behind the scene. What actually is happening is that when I, when I try to support the club, I'm actually purchasing uh, some Fury tokens and then I am staking it there. So we gamified it in such a way that at the end of the day, any pool with the highest TVL takes the highest staking rewards. So um, when you have these fan clubs, it's creates an opportunity to have something like a fractionalized NFT. Because every pool that ends up, uh, let's say, with the highest total value lock, they get 1% of the allocation for the staking pool. And then with something like a doubt so this is really interesting, but I,
1: I want to have a little context as we're thinking about like when this would launch and like the pieces of this. Um, it, is this uh, is this platform live right now? And then I, I would also be curious for Jay, like I know Loops NFT Marketplace is moving forward right now. I'm curious from the partnership angle around how you would, you, you would partner on this, um, whether those like timelines would align.
7: Yeah, actually, I can't, I can't really give a date. Like I said, I'm I'm a community manager in the Funfury ecosystem. Uh, I'll try to talk to our founder, Adrian, about this. Uh, They have been busy building. We actually moved from Terra because of what happened to the Juno network. Uh, There haven't been much calls and talk about about the Funfury project because the team has been Have you uh, applied to the Juno developer fund or are you just considering? Like I said, I'm I'm a community manager. I'm not part of the core team. But I've actually told him about it and it's right from Fan me that he has actually applied. I don't know. I've been checking the Dow Dow to know if I can find Fan Fury there, but I have not seen it. I saw the likes of Cado, Lead, and the rest of that, but I've not actually seen uh, Fan Fury. They say that they are still going through a vetting process. So I don't know if that's done with that yet. Gotcha. Right,
3: so Fan Fury uh, is absolutely on the list. Um, but yes, those, those discussions are, are still ongoing at the moment. Okay, awesome.
1: Well, goes really appreciate you coming up and, and sharing some details about what's happening. I, I hope that does work out because I think it'd be a great addition to the Juno ecosystem. And um, from the sounds of what like Tom and Jay are saying, I think there'd be some really strong alignment with uh, working with Lupa on that the, the NFT fractionalization piece. Um, Jay, I, do, I know you, you don't have an exact date yet, but you do have... Um, uh, some, some idea of when things I've launched. Could you maybe share the details on that? Um, and I think hopefully that'll help the or anyone else from the, the FanFury team and then, uh, then other folks in the audience to uh, who might be interested in, in partnering um, to kind of get some more context as to next steps.
4: Yes. So we are planning on starting NFT project launches um, mid-July. We plan on having the marketplace up Testing slightly before that, but when when we're starting to schedule NFT launches is mid July. Um, if you are interested in applying or learning more, um, I've posted. Um, oh, it's actually pinned to the top of the space. Um, uh, more information in our docs. Um, we are updating the rest of our docs to be more Juno focused, um, but right now the NFT marketplace can be looked at. Um, you can see. Our basic launch products, um, I'm starting, I've am i added some information about how you would provide some of the information you need to provide us. And then there's also an application. Um, and then when I get the application from you, I will reach out.
1: Awesome. That's great context. Um, from, from the Juno end of things, uh, Kevin or Jake, I'm curious if any of the stuff that's being said here is bringing up ideas for you or things that you want to ask uh, any of the team members up here about. Um, I'd I'd love to kind of get your take, uh, before we move on.
3: Yeah, Jake, I'm, I'm curious, um, actually, and, and this is something I was wondering about, but in any of the work that's being done on NFTs, do you see any integrations happening in terms of Dow's utilization of NFTs as a a form of uh, governance utility or, or vote power on an NFT basis?
8: Yeah, obviously. I mean, I mean. Of course, yeah. Um, so, Dadao, uh we have actually our our first NFT voting contract, and that's going to be working with the new V1 contracts, which are going to be out soon with the new V1 UI. So that's something that, that we can all look forward to as a Juno community, is NFT DAOs. Let's go. Um, so pretty excited about that.
3: See, I, I think that's really cool. And I have a follow-up question on that, because um, I see a, a heavy representation of some pretty prominent NFT projects in here from various chains. But is, is DowDow going to be able to um, utilize kind of cross-chain NFT uh, stuff so that, for example, uh, orbital apes on Evmos or uh, Strange Love, uh, sorry, Strange Clan and, and NFT projects on, on cosmos chains otherwise could utilize DowDow? as a governance platform even for their nft projects on other chains.
8: Yeah, so we're working on that a little bit. It's a little bit more tricky. Um but I think it's very very doable. So, um Yeah, I I'm I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Um especially with ics 721 you know, you could always like, you know, if there's a DAO on on Juno, you could always send the nft to like vote in the DAO on Juno. Um, but I think ideally uh we're working on uh i guess we're going to call this interchain voting so like having your a dao on juno but like based on like N- nft ownership in like stargaze or you know passage 3d or whatever um but i think that that'll probably not i think that's going to take another couple months probably um nft nft voting will like work now with the smart contracts but It assumes you're on the same chain. Um, And we're really diving into a lot of interchain account stuff, which I think will be really exciting. Uh, Dada will probably have uh, like a multi chain kind of presence. Like um, Juno will always have the latest and greatest, but you know, we've, there's a lot of people that really want like just basic multi sigs on their chain. So um, we could see like kind of what happens there. But yeah, I think short answer is not, not tomorrow, but someday. (laughs) Can I just ask um, Jake about the,
2: um, so, you know, governance via NFTs, um, like the contract that you just mentioned that, um, you're working on for for DowDow. I mean, how, how exactly will that work and
8: and what sort of options and features will that have? Um, so it, there, there's two kind of flavors of this. The main one is you actually stake an NFT. So there's a staking contract, and you stake that NFT, and you could potentially get rewards from staking. Um, so using the same kind of uh, rewards contracts that are used right now in JunoSwap. Swap. Um, so that's pretty cool. So you could stake and have your users stake NFTs, and then maybe they learn like earn some other token or whatever. Um, and then uh, you know staked NFTs determine voting power in the DAO so similar to having like a governance token based DAO if you have more than one NFT you'd have more than one vote um, and then everything else kind of just works the same so um, however you can build like kind of additional layers on top of this so if you know about Noun's DAO from Ethereum you could make like a nft sale page and sell one nft every day and then have a dao that's on top of that um models like that could be really cool because like you know you're you're growing your community like every day i'd really love to see something that's like Noun's DAO and Gino but maybe like a little different with like a a slight twist um so yeah, that's possible. We also have a a new soul bound NFTs contract, which is like non-transferable NFTs for people that haven't been reading like the latest crypto papers. Um and so that's that's really cool for things like having roles in your DAOs, like if you want to have like titles or like uh roles with like special privileges in your DAO. Um so that's coming as well, which is another use case for NFTs and DAOs. But yeah, I mean it's pretty simple. Uh, just, yeah, have, have an NFT-based DAO. You stake your NFTs and you get voting power in the DAO. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, like
2: I, think I mentioned earlier,
8: that's going to
2: be something that we're really interested in kind of working on and working with and then kind of obviously combining that with some sort of like metaverse functionality like the, uh, the Passage 3D guys are working on It feels like there's kind of a lot of room there, I guess, for um, creating sort of incentivized communities. I mean, that's kind of what tokens are. Like, I mean, tokens do anyway. Like, tokens obviously help to align incentives within a community, Um, and then DAOs kind of obviously add this governance layer on top of that. But I think you know, NFTs can then add an even further layer on top of that because obviously tokens you know they're not unique Um, so but 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 nfts are and so especially you know soulbound nfts obviously then they're unique to a single user and so yeah people can kind of we can use these this kind of mechanism to to build up almost like a kind of sense of you know who are the ogs of this community right who's contributed more to this community you know, what sort of things have people contributed to this community? And, you know, using NFTs to kind of almost like badges, I guess, like right in a, in a traditional kind of like forum, you know, you'd get badges for this and that you'd be have the badge for like, you know, the most helpful person or the most, you know, the biggest contributor, or you could potentially even have bad badges. Like <laughs> this dude always makes bad decisions. Like you get the bad decision badge, um, but, you know, you could have like a whole range of kind of, badges, which then allow new people who come into the community to, to be able to look at someone's kind of, you know, I mean, in, in the military world, right, there, there's stripes, like you have stripes and you have this and that. Or in Cub Scouts, you have like, you know, a whole range of patches on your Cub Scout uniform. I mean, it kind of really enables people to look at someone's profile and go, oh, okay, you know, you've um, sort of, you know, you've done this and that and you've, you've got
8: the, the badge of honour or the badge of dishonour, I guess, in some cases, uh, to yeah, prove that's- it. So... That's a really good point. Um, that's also functionality that you know actually works today in Dao, DAO. There's just not UI for it, and we're making UI for it. But yeah, DAOs can mint NFTs, like, uh, and they can mint NFTs for their members. And I think that's like a really cool thing for communities to be able to do. Just like badges, like you're talking about, like you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they can be used for useful, like, you know, even if
2: like, okay, someone comes in and I mean, you know, in the end, everything can be gained and people can always change accounts and set up a fresh account. But, you know, if, if I've got an account and I've kind of, especially with salt, like the soulbound NFTs are probably ideal for this, because obviously you don't want these types of things transferable. You know, you want them to be kind of attached to a particular account, but then you know, as a user, it would be really useful if, and I mean, these types of things could even be taken one step further, right? And used for like under collateralized lending. Like, you know, if if I've proven myself to be an incredibly reliable member of, you know, a bunch of DAOs and I've got the badges to kind of prove that, um, you know, I, I the NFTs to kind of prove that, then, you know, potentially I could be, you know, able to obviously, you know, potentially take out a loan, you know, even under collateralized loan, I might, you know, it'd be easy for me to get like VC funding, say, or funding, you know, if I'm looking to build a project. Like there's kind of a whole lot of um, ways that I guess this can be used uh, to, to kind of create, um, I mean, not only identity, but also, you know, to kind of like paint a picture of, of who someone is and what they've done, you know, in, in the space over time. I think that's a and great then, point, and, Tom. And then also oh, I was just going to say one last thing. And then if my voting power could be based on that, you know, if obviously, okay, well, there's a vote to be taken, but hey, Tom's, you know, or, you know, Connor or Jake or whoever's, you know, has done this, that, and the other thing, you know, even if it's not within this tower, if it's just within the space in general, then maybe, you know, my, I could have more more voting power because of that. Because obviously I'm kind of like a proven or, a, you know, a recognized authority in
8: the space. Yeah, so we're gonna have some example contracts for that soon. Uh, we call these mixed voting power contracts. So say you have like a token based DAO, like a CW20 based DAO, and then you want to like mint NFTs for like OG members or like really good contributors, and you want like everyone that still stakes their tokens and votes in the DAO, but if you have the NFT, you get like an extra bonus vote. I think models like that are really excited, like really exciting, and we're very stoked to like release some example contracts for those things
2: yeah we were thinking about doing them as well for our for our decks so you know obviously for a dex, like something essential is like liquidity providers without liquidity providers uh your dex doesn't work very well um so you know rewarding early liquidity providers with nfts which then you know further down the line give them maybe like reduced trading fees or something like that on the decks um but then you know, they don't even need to hold on to that. They could potentially sell that to someone else who who does a lot more trading than they do. So it would be actually more useful to that person. Uh, but it's kind of a way of yeah, recognizing their contribution or their early contribution to a to a platform, and then rewarding them with something unique.
1: Uh, so, we have AquaDAO up here as well. Um, I know they wanted to make a couple comments. Um, I know they've they've talked to, to Jay a bit about potentially doing reward NFTs and some other opportunities here, um, but I'd love to get the perspective of the AquaDAO folks around what they're thinking and, and, and how they see NFTs uh, playing into DAO governance uh, or just uh, anything else that they wanted to speak to. Yeah.
6: Thanks for having me on, man. And, um, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys taking the time, uh, to, you know, get all this together and have a chat with the community. But yeah, I mean, you know, from, from our point of view, you know, obviously at the end of the day, all things aqua always points back to, you know, everything in the nonprofit world. And, and for us, you know, aqua specifically, obviously that's water and creating tools and platforms for other organizations, uh, and nonprofits, NGOs to launch their own DAOs and kind of have a hybrid organization. So, you know, when when we think about you, you know, NFTs, obviously we want to think about the utility, obviously, you know, for us and and other nonprofits and organizations, obviously you use it for fundraising. You can use it for, you know, there's all kinds of different applications from in real life events, uh, different perks that you get, so on and so forth. And so, you know, for us right now, kind of the the first line that we're going to be doing, we're just going to kind of keep it keep it real basic. Um, but as things, you know, progress, and you know, as as Loop comes on and has their own marketplace, and you start to see kind of the maturity in the Juno ecosystem as far as having more offerings um, for the marketplaces and so on and so forth, and more applications, we really uh, are keeping our eye out on how we can expand, you know, utility beyond like, hey, let's just use this NFT to get, you know, pre-Ideal swap pricing or or airdrops, which is cool and that adds value to the community. You know, and obviously the art is subjective, but it's always cool to have, you know, more of more of your NFT collection out there and people get excited. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with us being more, you know, social impact down, bringing on uh, more of that into Juno. We're really just going to try to try to learn as much as possible and apply, you know, all the different applications that are coming on board and seeing how we can offer that to, to other organizations and nonprofits trying to do, you know, do good and obviously bring or leverage all these tools for good. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're open to collaborate. I mean, right now, we're just kind of finalizing our first, but we have a few more different collections um, that are in the works right now. And obviously, with all of it, we want to give back to the community, uh, strengthen the community, and then, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, help people with us at Aqua. I mean, we're, we're fi- finishing another water well right now in Zambia today. We're looking forward to, you know, sharing the pictures and videos and whatnot with the community obviously. But uh, yeah, we're looking to do a heck of a lot more than that. And we think that, you know, NFTs are going to play a, a pretty critical role and will be central to, to all things that we're doing. So yeah, we're looking forward to, to implementing them as, as much as we can in creative ways that bring people together and add value to the community and the holders, obviously. So yeah, I appreciate you guys taking the time and, and uh, look forward to working with you all, man.
2: Awesome. No, great great to have you up here. Um, I see we've got uh, Lex and Arel here in the room. I don't know if either of you guys want to jump up and like talk a little bit about, um, you know, you've obviously launched like one of the most successful NFT collections on Juno and now you're building your own chain and you've got the whole metaverse stuff going on. I don't know if you guys want to jump up and talk about how you see like NFTs in the metaverse meeting. Uh, But Aqua, yeah, I'd also love to learn like about how you guys are uh, are seeing nfts within your platform like you know how are they going to work and what what are the kind of use cases you see for them there
9: yeah those are great questions uh, i love this topic in general because uh, I, I love that even um, cross-chain nfts came up because i mean this is a space where that's what's going to happen right where ultimately you know it's it, there's still some of the same issues to, to figure out in terms of how do nfts operate across different chains but i think one of the biggest advantages we have building on juno building on ibc chains is that um we have the best opportunity to create that interoperability between different nft ecosystems right so whether it's um loop or aqua or strange clan or passage spaces um you know for us personally we're trying to take any nft collection and add a certain amount of utility through um you know, virtual experiences, whether it's, you know, NFTs as tickets to events, NFT, NFTs as access passes within a community, right? So, you know, your community has um, uh, communications and stuff that you're doing, but if you have uh, passage spaces that are NFT gated, then there's the opportunity to give different community members different levels of immersion or different levels of access um, or different features within a passage world based off the NFTs they hold. So utility is huge. It's a big thing for us, but we um, are trying to like make that a, a, a an option that could be added to any other set of NFT that kind of fit so many other communities and kind of bring functionality to the world of, of IBC NFTs.
3: So Lex, I, I imagine you, you could imagine a world uh, where a protocol could build out their own um, space let's say on passage and nfts would provide access to different uh, parts of the game to different places like say you have a certain nft that allows you to go into a pub that's built in your world and and engage in like a, a quest in that area you could have an nft that allows you to participate in the governance of your world that you've built out on passage 3d you could have soulbound nfts that you know, people could elect certain individuals on a permanent basis to certain positions within that world. So it seems like there's a lot of different applications for um, utilizing that in, in a, a space that you guys are creating in, in, in Passage. Is that right? Yeah.
9: Yeah. And, and I think what you're what you're seeing there is really apt in terms of like there's a lot of opportunity for gamification or just making the user experience more enjoyable and immersive. Um, when it comes to doing things like government governance or interacting with a, um, some, a DAP of some kind, whether it's a DEX or, or a marketplace, whatever it may be, you know, it's fun to do that in a, in a 3D environment, in a community setting, um, adding a layer of gamification and immersion. But then there's also kind of like, <clears throat> that's, that's valuable in an aesthetic way and in the experience, but there's also just the inherent value of being able to connect more closely. Uh, being able to see each other, like having you know the Loop community or the Aqua community, uh, able to for one kind of own their role in the community by you know having access to an exclusive space, right, or having a closer interaction with the leadership, right. It's so it's a really important community tool because fundamentally, apart from any kind of user experience benefits of the gamification, you have the inherent benefit of being able to feel more face-to-face and close, more organic in your communication within a community, also better able to kind of scale this immersive communication, because in-person communication doesn't scale very well, right? Passage is intending to get that as close as possible to the in-person experience, while still scaling well for these kind of new kinds of communities that Loop is building, that Op is building, um, and that we're trying to build across you know, IBC chains, whether it's. Um, you know, uh, uh, Luna makes you rest in peace or, um, you know, Terra or, or sorry, uh, Juno, you know, uh, all, all the different things that we're building, we're going to create the best opportunity to, to keep those communities together.
10: Something cool. else too. Yeah. By the way, if you guys say um, Beetlejuice three times, we will appear. So <laughs> that's why we ended up here. Um, so uh, one of the things that uh, I feel like I keep hearing as uh, the conversation unfolds um, around you know nFTs and different types of uses that they're playing within communities is basically just the beginnings of like a a, uh, a game um, a game system that we're all creating to just you know incentivize communities and you know incentivize uh, action and make digital interaction more tangible like the nFTs are kind of giving that like um, that smart contract, like rule based uh, elements to it, uh, but it's making it like we've already had some of those within games, you know, apps, what, why NFTs matter is that you have like the, the ability to actually like own that digital asset. So uh, that feels so much more tangible and, and so much more real. So I think that in everything that we're all, we're all doing kind of in the space right now is really bringing tangibility to the digital. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, something else that I can see um, like being kind of a potential um, for, for this type of technology is, you know, obviously with the metaverse, you know, becoming more and more of a thing and gaming obviously as well, you know, like a, a part of so many people's lives these days, um, is if you could have, you know, an NFT, say I love dragons. And so I joined the Dragon NFT Club. And then what the Dragon NFT DAO, let's say, does is it is it actually puts dragons across a whole lot of games in the metaverse. So not just, you know, in in one game, but maybe, you know, they just go like, there could be a way for them to introduce dragons into like multiple games across the metaverse. And then anytime I play one of those games, I get to see the dragons because I'm holding an NFT, you know, the, a Dragon Dao NFT, and I maybe even I get to fly around on those dragons or something like that. But maybe someone who doesn't hold one of those NFTs doesn't actually get to kind of, you know, experience that part of that world. Or maybe they just see me flying on a dragon, but they can't actually ride a dragon themselves or something. Oh, yeah. So it kind, of, it kind of like gives people like a way to kind of personalize their experience within, you know, within games
9: yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that applies not only to, um, you know, it, again, it's so easy to think in terms of games, because for one, I think that's where the headspace of a lot of the industry has been for a long time is, you know, a web three games, right? Those are the ownable assets because we understand, you know, what it would mean to really own your Fortnite skins. Uh, that's like super common example. But then like, that goes even beyond like what if you could have a headquarters, <clears throat> That exists in a bunch of different metaverses, right? Like a loop community space that exists across um, different metaverses. Again, so you know, what I mean, there's there's the game analogy, there's a the collaboration analogy, there's community, uh, and there's so many elements in which it's just important to have um, interoperability, right? And to maintain ownership within a community, right? And to and to be able to show people I'm a part of this, right? So you could have your, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> like your embassy within a metaverse. And only citizens of Loop, you know, can enter this kind of exclusive space, right? And again, I mean, it, it can even look the same, but you have access points across different metaverses. And this is really what Passage wants to do, especially with our team's background in kind of the 3D uh, production industry is really create kind of the, um, you know, to have the, the Passage uh, marketplace be kind of the central hub for, for 3D assets. Um, you know, across IBC, IBC chains so that, you know, that collection of dragons can exist um, <clears throat> in the passage marketplace and then be used across, you know, any IBC metaverse, right? Um, and allow people to kind of carry these um, credentials, these relationships and these, you know, digital assets across their different experiences. So to- totally on point. Yeah, that, that's that is awesome. so exciting.
1: Tom, one sec, sorry. I just wanted to say, I, I, I'm. Thank you guys so much. Uh, like, this is a, such an incredible conversation, and and Tom, like, thanks for having me on this. I have to jump, but um, hope you guys continue the conversation. This is amazing.
2: Thanks, Connor. Thanks for organizing it. Yeah, um, this it's a it's a great spaces. Um just I was just going to add one thing to what Lex was saying and that is um you know I mean gaming is some sort of what we all think about when it comes to the metaverse I mean that's kind of like the first use case but I mean essentially we're in a metaverse right now I mean Twitter spaces is kind of like a, a basic yeah. version of of the metaverse and and so I think it would be really um, cool if like obviously these types of spaces you know were happening in that more you know immersive 3d kind of kind of space and I think you know when I went and um, checked out what you guys are building the passage um, 3d um, kind of metaverse tech that you've been working on the platform you've been working on like it seems like an ideal. Uh, platform for for hosting something like a a twitter space type thing where people can come in and chat and then you can even break off into groups right like break off into smaller groups or chat to someone on the side or you know without interrupting like the rest of the conversation um so you could even go and hang out next to someone and be like hey what did you think about that what he was saying like yeah you guys have built out some really amazing sort of audio tech within the you know within the um that 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 space so and then you know obviously you can have nfts which give you access to these things or maybe you have nfts which allow you to talk to a certain person right like I have a bunch of Tom NFTs and I give them out. I'm like, here, you can, if you have one of these, you can come up and talk to me when I'm in the metaverse. But if you don't have one, uh, then like, sorry, but, you know, you're going to have to come buy one before you can, you can come and chat to me in the, under, exactly. this, under this scenario. You know what I mean? Like, shoot sure, me up on a DM or something and, and that might be different, but, you know, in the metaverse space. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just like so many possibilities there, I think, for, for what, how sort of NFTs and, and the metaverse can, can interact with one another.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is the key is the interoperability, right? It's like this is the reason we're building on Cosmos IBC. This is the reason that um you know, we we really got such an early start. Um the, the Strange Planet NFTs launched before uh, well, okay. We we were setting up and getting everything started <clears throat> for the sale before Juno existed. We I think I think when we actually did the sale Juno had been live for like couple of weeks, if that, um, and so it was. It was really cool to see um, the progression of things. But we immediately knew, like that's where we needed to have our our marketplace. We needed it within the realm of IPC. We need to have these cross chain assets um, because the opportunity for interoperability is just huge. Um, and and you know the infrastructure. You know coming from you know Terra Loop knows. You know this is the space to be. Um, but there's such a huge opportunity here because of that interoperability. We have the best chance to get that connection
10: across different experiences and to not be isolated. I have a yeah. question for Jake. Um, how, so I've not done much research on sold-out NFTs, um, but now that it's been brought up here, I, I've always just assumed that that was a thing that would eventually exist. The one thing I've always wondered about, though, is, is uh, how do you keep, that from getting weaponized so like i send an nft um that is a sold down nft to somebody or a DAO, you know a meme DAO um starts to like send nfts to people uh, and it's just all like you know things that you don't want attached to you so like how would you keep that from being weaponized
8: uh it's pretty simple you have to have like uis that allow you to uh choose which nfts you want to show as part of your profile um so for example in dao uh we have uh, an allow list for the nfts uh the dao is allowed to show um and interact with um so you have to like manually add them uh or 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 you can like you can also remove them um and then then they won't show up in the ui um and I think that this is something that wallets and anything that's building like a profile feature should be aware of. That people oh, yeah. should be able to remove like, certain collections and have them not associated with their profile. Um, and they should be able to uh, sort of allow list certain collections and let them be associated with their profile. So you know, we really do have to build tools that will allow users to explicitly choose which NFCs they want to be associated with it. Uh, With themselves. Um, And like I said, we do this for DAOs. So by default, if you send an NFT to a DAO, it's going to show up, but you can uh, disable that. And you can make it so you have to manually add each collection you want to be associated with your DAO. And you can also remove collections that you don't want to be associated with your DAO. Um, I mean... Also, presumably,
2: presumably with a soulbound NFT, um, no one could even send it to you, could they? Because wouldn't it be bound to that original address that it was at? I mean, the only way to actually
8: have a soulbound I mean, they NFT could, would, they could would mint be f- for you. Yeah, they I could, was thinking. they You could mint someone a non-transferable NFT. So. Gotcha. I was thinking it might be a way to have people just allowing people but, to only mint, know, mint their it, own yeah. NFTs it'd be pretty clear what was happening like if someone did that to like try to tarnish your re- reputation or whatever you could clearly show that hey it's not my address that minted this nft there's some other address that minted it for me to like tarnish my reputation or whatever um but it is important for those people that are exploring like building like nft marketplaces or like profiles where you show a lot of all of a person's nfts or Something like DAO where you have NFT collections that are associated with the DAO. It's important to build features where you let users manage their NFTs and which sh- which NFTs show up under their profile. So,
9: no, I totally agree. And this is something where with Passage is kind of like a social platform or, or an engagement platform. You know, we're thinking about uh, setting it up so that people can own the relationships. So you connect with somebody at an event, or you're connecting with your work team, or whatever it may be. Um, having those connections exist across different passage experiences or any IBC metaverse experience, um, allowing people to not to have the relationships in their wallet rather than, you know, connected to them rather than dependent on, you know, whatever that experience may have been, right? Like the event or the uh, world owns your relationship with those people. But then you run into the same scenario where it's like, do you want all of that information public, right? That this is your coworker or this is, you know, whatever those relationships, those connections might look like. Um, It's really cool to know that theoretically you could build a social following in a space like this and then take it somewhere else. Like never have to, um, to build that again. Um, But at the same time um, i was just talking to a guy at uh, in, in Austin from secret network. And we've been talking for a while about this idea of having those elements on on secret network um, so that you can keep that stuff private so that you have the ability to control who sees that kind of thing. Because, again, there's so many cool benefits we're gaining from these interoperable, ownable assets. But then at the same time, you, you want to be able to
2: control, to some degree at least, um, what's public, what other people see. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. This has been like a wonderful conversation and um, Passage 3D guys. Thanks for jumping up and joining. Um, we actually have a meeting with you guys uh, in a few minutes. So uh, that's cool. We can continue the the, the, continue the conversation there uh, in secret. <laughs> um, no, joking. Um, so yeah, I think if unless anyone else has got something they want to add or any questions they want to ask, we might end this spaces off now. Um, so yeah, does anyone else have anything?
3: Oh, just thank you guys for hosting. This is awesome, and uh, very very excited for this to come to market. This is going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing
2: us up
9: here,
3: absolute no, pleasure. Love what you
9: guys are doing. Obviously, in love
3: with the Juno team,
2: Jake and and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much between DAOs and NFTs and Metaverse and you know tokens. I like this. I think there's so much possibility and there's so much creativity in, in you know in Cosmos in general and particularly you know on juno that yeah super excited to be to be part of it and yeah um, keep working with you awesome people uh so yeah let's um let's end this up for now thank you again everyone for attending and um to keep an eye we're going to be running more and more of these spaces so uh yeah look forward to, to chatting to everyone again really soon
6: yeah thank you everyone also we have the space with the updates and the after party of austin so if you're interested in that Please join us tonight. It's going to be like in five hours.
2: Uh, no, even less, no. I think it's, yeah, four and a half hours yeah. from exactly from, from now. So, yeah, we've got another AMA, like loop. Uh, we're calling it the, the, after, the Austin After Party AMA. Uh, so if you guys want to join that, if you're missing uh, Austin, uh, if you haven't had enough alcohol yet, uh, then, <laughs> you know, BYO drinks. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, we'll catch you guys catch you guys there in a few hours' time. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Peace. I couldn't be there. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. guys.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was NFTs on Juno and Loop's DeFi NFT Marketplace, recorded on Thursday, June 16th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Gotta keep it rolling like a Tesla makes me. Want to puke my brains out all over these pastries. I'm just trying to lay here and be all lazy. Please tell the drugs they don't need to chase me. So get laced and start your pacing. Color me impressed with all this crazy. I don't want to be crass, but maybe I'd give my right nut for one of them Dre beats. Or maybe get dressed up all mainstream. Run for office and empty your savings, trying to get paid in rustic cravings. Brainwash blame game, picking up ratings, getting operated like madmen. Ladies hating on everything great from the '80s. Lately the bait's been looking angry, dainty till you see what they're dangling. of a ghost to haunt your crib, raking in the most without boring me, just another day in the life of a quarantine props to everyone who ever wrote to me, feet opening through a new wave of growing pains, best case they never even noticed me, slipping a fast one into the closest gene. stick another chicken in the crisper, whisper the magic words and listen for the whimper, the simpler the better so buy the dip, blindfold on tight, ghost ride the whip, straight at another ghost ship, let's see what the goats win when you get tossed in the ocean and you don't swim not what i was hoping going nowhere fast lost in the potion
2: there is nothing more foreseeable as a public health crisis for uh, y- you know a- again a world where we're just living on top of each other's in, in-, in crowded polluted cities uh than a pandemic uh,
9: and yeah every academic every researcher who's looked at this uh, who knew this was coming. In fact, even intelligence agencies, I can tell you firsthand because I used to read the reports,
6: uh, had been planning for pandemics. And yet, when we needed it, the system has now failed us. And it has failed us comprehensively. And the thing that I find
10: grotesque about this situation is that now, the people who are being asked to sacrifice the most are the people who are in the most precarious positions, who have the least to
0: give. We're constantly being told uh, the richest country in the world. Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa? Can you play that one sci-fi space where he clowned all the SafeMoon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? I'm,
9: I'm confused why we're not talking
8: about the fact that you can easily, like, 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, TikTok, I remember a time. And it's Alexa,
0: enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before terra spaces existed, when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. Time. Time the best bet. Why isn't Luna in windows? Hey guys. Though? I'm reading all about these wind Guys, turbines. do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because okay. I've been in Cardano oh, since like 2018 and I can give you do a full breakdown. Um just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. Here. Oh my god, you guys. I don't know what to do. So much blood? It's so red. From the creators of your exit liquidity in association with We All Love to Hear Ourselves Talk. Inc. For more information, go to Terraspaces.org/slash donate. TerraSpaces.